0: wanted to start off again with our focus passage of Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. We've been reading that every week now for several weeks. Hopefully some things are starting to set in with us this morning. Jesus said, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. You know, there can be, at times, a lot of pressure that we can put on ourselves when it comes to praying. A pressure to use the right words the right heart, from the right desire, the right amount of time. There's also the pressure of adequately saying what it is that we are trying to say. Have you ever tried to communicate one thing, but it comes out totally wrong? Can I get an amen a witness on that? Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Let me ask you another question. How many of you are afraid of public speaking? Let me see your hands. How many of you don't even want to raise your hand because you're afraid to death? I'm just going to call you up because you're afraid of public speaking. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. For me, most of the time, I'm just hoping to get out of church without doing or saying something stupid. I'm just going to be honest with you. That is just, it, it's, you know, uh, that, that, that's just me. I, I don't want to look or seem or sound idiotic. How we communicate can oftentimes get all jumbled up. Now, some of you may have seen these or read these before. It's interesting how jumbled up our church bulletins and announcements can sometimes get, right? Or sometimes our church marquees. Uh, believe it or not, these are some actual statements that were in a bulletin. Do you know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. <laughs> Next one. Now is a good time to come and visit for our pastors on vacation. That was actually in a bulletin. Here's one that was on a marquee. Or, no, another bulletin. Uh, uh, low self esteem support group will meet Thursday at 7. Please use the back door. <laughs> All right, here's a couple with the marquee. Church will host a night of dining, entertainment, and gracious hostility. One more. Don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. (laughs) How we communicate is a very big thing. Uh, This uh, evening at 7 o'clock is the uh, Garraway High School Baccalaureate Service, or Baccalaureate, or however you're supposed to say it. Uh, don't ask me how to spell it, but uh, baccalaureate service. And um, obviously Parker is graduating, and Parker's going to be giving the closing prayer at that baccalaureate service. And I have a feeling he's just a little bit nervous for that. Um, but, uh, and, and, and that's understandable. Um, but I told him recently, um, it's, it's not so important how eloquent you may sound. Um, or the fact that some of his classmates are going to be there, what he needs to remember is that he's just simply having a conversation one-on-one with his best friend. And isn't that what prayer is? Just you and I, one-on-one, having a conversation with our Lord, our God, our Savior, the one to be awed and revered, yes, but he is also our best how you pray how you pray to be honest with you I don't know how this message will go um, there are some times whenever uh, preachers and, uh, they, they get ready to preach a message and it's like okay God I'm not sure you're giving me some things here but I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens how you pray so here we go How does Jesus want us to pray? I believe that we oftentimes, I say we, because I'm with you on this, I believe oftentimes we make prayer too complicated, don't you think? We can make it way too complicated. Jesus wants us to be effective. He wants us to be courageous. He wants us to be focused. He wants us to be strong in our faith during our times of prayer. Yet how many times is it just the opposite? We're ineffective because we're not courageous, we're not focused, and we're not strong in our faith as we are praying. Why is this? Maybe we're not focusing as we should. Uh, Maybe there are too many distractions. We've covered that in a previous message. We get too busy placing priority on things that take us away from real effective prayer. Perhaps some turmoil or difficulty in life is hindering our efforts. Perhaps someone in here this morning has been disappointed, has been discouraged by past prayers that have not been answered. Maybe there are prayers that you've just been waiting on and waiting on and waiting on for God to answer your prayers and it hasn't happened yet. And you say, what's the use? But let me remind you that if you think about it, there is one person that is behind every effort to keep you from praying, and we know who that is. One of the things that we learned this week is John 10.10, Satan has come to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus is on the opposite of that. Jesus came, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. You know what's amazing is out of all of the wonderful, amazing, incredible things that the disciples saw Jesus do while he was on this earth, there is one thing that they asked him to do. There is one thing that they asked him to teach them. Luke tells us that one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Isn't that interesting? Why that? Why not, Lord, teach me how to Feel that blind man over there. Lord, teach me how to make the cripple walk again. Lord, teach me how to fill up those jars uh, that was water and now is wine. Lord, teach me how. How did you do those kind of magical tricks, God? But no, there was something about the way that they knew Jesus talked to his Father. They were around during those times. Sometimes Jesus got off by himself. Many times he got off by himself to pray. But they knew that he had a special connection with his Heavenly Father. And it was then that Jesus gave them what has become known as the Lord's Prayer. Why don't you say it with me this morning, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have forgive us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. There are two things I want to remind you about this morning as it pertains to prayer. Don't focus on your words. Focus on the one You are praying to focus on the one you are praying to notice that Jesus himself in the Lord's prayer first made the emphasis our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name. What does the word hallowed mean the word hallowed the word hallowed means acknowledging something or someone as holy sacred, anointed, divine, and honored. Jesus is telling us when we first go to pray, acknowledge and revere who he is. He is holy. He is sacred. He is divine. He is to be honored. Perhaps the most important part of prayer is how we view and address God. You see, prayer is more about Him than it is about us or any of the issues that we are dealing with. Jesus reveals in His model prayer that God as Father and King over a kingdom should be revered and worshipped before our needs are ever mentioned. He also encourages people to stop the mindless chatter and quit thinking that we will be heard the more that we talk. It's important that remember we remember who He is, what He can do, and what He has done in the past. Now just stop there for a second. How many times down through history did God have to remind the Israelites of all that He had done for them down through the years? How many times do you and I forget all that God has done for you and me? We forget, don't we? First time a difficulty happens and it doesn't seem like God is anywhere near. We forget all the times before that he has come through for us. Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir sings a song that I absolutely love. It goes like this, how many times, this is God speaking to us, how many times must I prove how much I love you? How many ways must my love for you I show? How many times must I rescue you from trouble for you to know just how much I love you? Didn't I wake you up this morning? Weren't you clothed in your right mind? When you walked on this problem, didn't I step in right on time? When you got weak along life's journey, my angels carried you so that you would know just how much I love you. How many days must I fence all around you? How many nights must I wipe your tears away? How many storms must I bring you safely through for you to know just how much I love you? Didn't I put food on your table? Show up when the bills were due? When the pains were racking in your, your body, didn't I send a healing down to you? When you were lost in sin and sorrow, I died to set you free just so you would know how much I love you. When we express value and worth to God and thank Him for His overwhelming faithfulness in the past, he becomes so much bigger than our present worries and he eclipses any future anxieties we will have try it next time and i did this recently try it next time that you almost feel overwhelmed by a seemingly impossible situation just stop and begin to dwell on the goodness of god stop and dwell On who he is. Stop and dwell on what he is. Focus on what he's done in the past. Focus on who he is, his character and his holiness. What you can do, and many of you even have this. I'm going to do it right now. You can go to your uh, cyclopedic index in the front. Go to God. You don't have to go there now because it's a different Bible than mine, but I go to God. Try this sometime. Just think about, here are some of these words that describe God. And when you begin to meditate on these things, you tell me if your problems don't begin to shrink. The names of God, Most High, Almighty, Everlasting God, Almighty God, I Am, we talked about that last week, Eternal God, Living God, King eternal, incomparable, invisible, inscrutable, unchangeable, unequaled, unsearchable, infinite, eternal, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscience, wise, creator, judge, king, defender preserver, shepherd, healer, awesome, great, marvelous, wondrous, perfect, knowledgeable, righteous, not like human, everlasting, just and true. (laughs) That's our God. That is your God. Focus on him. Focus on those qualities of God. Worship him. Hallowed be thy name. Let it soak in, and soon you'll be forgetting about your problems because they will shrink. Don't focus on your words. Focus on the one that you are praying to. And the second thing, when addressing our needs, stay humble and keep it simple. Stay humble and keep it simple. Listen, God knows us better than we know ourselves He already knows our weaknesses. He knows our struggles. He knows our temptations. He knows if there's any sin in our lives. He knows our every need. All we need to do is pray with childlike simplicity. No hesitation, no pretenses. Surrendering all, surrendering all that we are and all that we have to God is a beautiful and necessary act of worship. And when you trust that God is good and able to help, you more freely approach Him in childlike faith. Go to Matthew 6 with me. Go to Matthew 6. We're going to continue on in that Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6. Verse 11, even the Lord's Prayer, we can see the simplicity of our prayers and how we should pray. Going down to verse 11, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When we were reading that, I got the other version kind of in my mind and forgive us our transgressions as we forgive those who transgress against us. There's different ways that. Is interpreted as well. And 13, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some of your translations say, deliver us from the evil one. Even in these three verses, church, we can see that we can stay humble and stay simple with this. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. God has promised to provide for our needs, church, and this is what we're after, isn't it? Our needs. Sometimes we get our wants and our needs mixed up, but God has promised to provide for our needs. There's a story about an elderly woman, an elderly widow. Her name was Mrs. Blackford. She didn't have much in this world, but she had Jesus. There were days when she didn't even know where her next meal was going to come from until there was a knock on the door and uh, her local church or the local mission would have a bunch of groceries to give her. Her next door neighbor was an atheist and every time they saw each other, the elderly woman would uh, tell him about how God had provided for her once again. He would get annoyed with her and he would argue with her and he would tell her there is no such thing as God. Had it not been for some well-meaning yet mindless 'er ne'er-do-wells, she would never even have any food, but she continued in her belief and in her praise to God. One day the atheist had an idea. He was going to show this stubborn woman once and for all that there was no God. The next day, he went to the grocery store and brought her, bought her an entire month's worth of groceries. He then set all the bags on her front porch and rang her doorbell and quickly left. When she opened the door, she was shocked to see all the bags of groceries. On top of one of the bags was a note from her neighbor that said this, Dear Mrs. Blackford, this is not God, but your non-believing neighbor. I'm the one who bought these groceries to show you that there is no God and that he had nothing to do with this. Have a good day. Mrs. Blackford shouted and began jumping and praising God. Nonetheless, and she said, "Oh Lord, I thank you and praise you for once again providing for my daily needs. God, you never cease to amaze me. For this time you even sent Satan himself to deliver the food." <laughs> Psalm 37:25, "I have been young, the psalmist said, and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken." Nor his descendants begging for bread. Yes, Jehovah Jireh, our God, the Provider. Give us this day our daily bread. We look at verse twelve and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. What Jesus is simply saying here is that we need to allow God to search our hearts. Search our hearts. The popular verse in Psalm 139, verse 23, we sing that song many, many times. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is what Jesus is telling us that we need to do, is come before him and ask God to search our heart. Forgive us of our debts. If he finds anything that we are to repent of and to make it right. And all of us want to be forgiven. All of us want to be clean and pure as we stand before the Lord on the day of judgment. But let me warn you as well. Our standing with God can also be dependent upon the second half of this verse. Look what it says again. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those. As we forgive our debtors, as we forgive those who have transgressed against us, however your translation reads it. Hear me on this. Is there anyone in our life that we need to forgive? Is there anyone in our life that we need to reconcile with? For God will not honor our prayers as long as we are harboring unforgiveness, as long as we are harboring bitterness in our hearts. The longer we harbor bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts, the longer we hold a grudge, the more unrest, the more discontentment there will be in our hearts. This is why Jesus said that we are to forgive those who may have wronged us or sinned us. Maybe it doesn't even involve a sin. Maybe there's something that has taken place. God has told us to do this. Ephesians 4:30 through 32. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. This is why the Holy Spirit will at times prompt us to go to someone To make it right. To go to someone to reconcile. I've said this before, I'll say it again. From the moment that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, and there was that separation from God and man. Ever since then, God has desperately been trying to reconcile man to himself. He's been trying to restore, repair, heal that relationship, reconcile us with God. And it finally was made possible through Jesus Christ. And when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, that gap, that separation that existed was no longer there. We now are one with Jesus Christ. We have been reconciled through Jesus Christ. And the Word of God tells us in Corinthians that he has, you and I are ambassadors of his reconciliation. It tells us that you and I are supposed to be those ambassadors to reconcile, to help with our brothers and sisters. That whenever something happens, we are to come together and to work it out and to make it right. This is why the Holy Spirit pleads with us. To prompt, he prompts us. He urges us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's number two. And the last thing here in verse 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In James chapter 1, verse 13, it tells us that God cannot and he will not lead us into situations where where we... will be tempted to sin. Instead, verse 14 tells us that we are the ones responsible whether or not we take the bait. Jesus is trying to teach us to ask God to help us not walk into those tempting situations, but instead to help us stay away from the evil one and his schemes. How do we how do we do that? I don't know, Ryan, can you advance it for me? Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Next verse. It's not working. (laughs) Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. One more. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he said, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy. To gloom, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. You see, this kind of prayer helps to align our hearts with his heart. Our inadequacies with his sufficiency lines our desires With his perfect will. Humility and prayer not only invites his grace, but it puts us in the right mindset to rest in him and to get up and approach life with the reality that we don't have it all together, but we don't always have to. Next week, we're going to wrap up this series. I believe. (laughs) Maybe not. But let me leave you this morning with a warning that God has put upon my heart. One of the weapons that Satan uses to keep us from praying effectively is the weapon of time. Time. We don't often take the time to pray as we should, Time is our most precious commodity. And now, right here and now, is the only thing that we can count on now. Really can't count on the next minute. While the number of days that we are given varies, the number of hours within each day is exactly the same. It's just up to us what we do with those hours. All we have is now. And it's a gift from God. We need to use our nows wisely. I'm going to ask the band to come up or the the team to come up. I want you to get your bulletins out for a second, please. Get your bulletins out. In the first page. What a great prayer that is. That came out of the war room study book. And may this be our prayer. Heavenly Father. I come to you in Jesus name. Asking that you draw me into a closer more personal relationship with you. Cleanse me of my sins and prepare my heart to pray in a way that pleases you. Help me know you and love you more this week. Use all the circumstances of my life to make me more like Jesus. Teach me how to pray more strategically and effectively in your name, according to your will and your word. Use my faith, my obedience, and my prayers this week for the benefit of others, for my good, and for your glory. Amen. That kind of puts it there, doesn't it? Kind of puts it right there. Would you stand, please?